Welcome. Welcome to a place where you will hear from ordinary people who have stepped out in faith and have some extraordinary testimonies to share. My hope is that you will be inspired today, inspired to take your own step or leap of faith, to do that thing, no matter how big or how small you believe God is calling you to do. Your faith may feel as small as a mustard seed right now, or maybe big enough to move mountains. No matter where you are in your faith journey, I am confident that God will meet you right where you are. I'm your host, Trish McCarthy, and I'm so glad you're listening. Hi there, and welcome back. You are now listening to what I am referring to as a Triple T episode. So after each testimony that you listen to, there will be a follow-up episode, just like the one you're listening to now that's full of practical application. A takeaway gleaned from what the person shared, teaching that will help equip and strengthen you, and a tip that you can immediately apply to activate your faith. So now, take a listen for takeaway, teaching, and tip. I hope that you enjoyed that story and that it encouraged you or inspired you today. One really neat thing, too, is that if if you've noticed, there is a boy with a squirrel as the cover art for my podcast. And Clarissa, my friend that I met in the park that day, she sent me that picture a few days later, and that is her son. That's her son, Micah. And the minute she sent it to me, I just knew that I would probably be using that uh, for something. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's my sweet Micah in the picture. And um, I'm going to talk now about some takeaways from the testimony. You heard me mention one of my own takeaways, and that is that it's always good to respond immediately when you hear God's voice. If you're a parent, you know the joy you feel when your child obeys you for the first time. It makes us feel loved and respected when they listen to us and they do as they're told. It pleases us as parents, right? I wonder how pleased God is when we respond immediately to his voice. When we say, here I am, Lord, send me. However, as you just heard me confess, uh, we don't always do that. We don't always get it right. First time obedience isn't easy. It's not easy for kids. And I don't know that it gets much easier when we become grownups. And often it's because we doubt or we feel afraid. Uh, We don't feel equipped to what he's calling us or asking us to do. We might not fully trust him or trust ourselves. Maybe we think, well, did I really hear that right? I need some more confirmation. I do that all the time. And But other times, like willful, stubborn little children, it's because we just don't plain want to do what he's asking us to do. And just like we as parents give our kids second chances to obey, we, we do that whole counting thing, right? I'm going to, okay, I'm counting to three. One, Two, two and a half, two and three quarters, right? We give our kids second chances. And and just like we do that, God also gives us second chances. Or as in my case, the third chance. And he gives us a fourth chance and a fifth chance and so on. Yes, God is the God of second chances. So that's another takeaway. And it's also the title of today's teaching. God is the God of second chances. Today, we're going to take a look at the book of Jonah. In this book, God actually doles out a lot of second chances to numerous people, but we're just going to focus on Jonah's second chance right now. 
You, and you may be familiar with this story. Jonah was a prophet, which meant that he spoke on behalf of God. And in verse 2, we see the word of the Lord came to Jonah and said, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So Jonah was told to go warn them if they didn't change their ways that God was going to destroy them. And verse 3, but Jonah, we're just going to stop there and take a look for a minute and study that word but. So here's the definition of the word but. Uh, A conjunction used to introduce a phrase or clause contrasting with what has already been mentioned. So obviously we know that Jonah is not going to do what God told him to do. He was given a command or direction, but Jonah, and here's what it says, verse 3, but Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. As a result, he heads out on a ship from Joppa to Tarshish, which is 3,000 miles in the opposite direction of Nineveh. And while he's on the boat, a huge storm comes and he confesses to the sailors he's with that he was running from God and that if they just would throw him overboard, the storm would stop. Not only did he not obey, but he wanted to get as far away from God as possible. I've so done that before. Have you, have you done that? Like you just, you try to flee and you just can't because he pursues you. He is a God who just pursues us and He's a God of second chances. So the sailors end up throwing him overboard and God appoints a a big fish to swallow him. And Jonah spends three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. And basically God puts him in a big old timeout. (laughs) And during that time, Jonah has a change of heart. He talks to God. He repents. He praises God. He has a lot of realizations. He has a change of heart. And he says in verse 6, Thou hast brought up my life from the pit. Oh, Lord, my God. And then at the very end, he has this realization and he says, salvation is from the Lord. So after that, after his repentance, the Lord commanded the fish to spit Jonah out of his mouth onto dry land. And this is where he gets a second chance. This is one of those but God moments where God does the opposite of what we expect. So even though but Jonah, but God. Chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim the proclamation I am going to tell you. So Jonah, the next verse. So Jonah. Another conjunction. Here's the definition of so. With the aim that, or in order that. So verse 3, So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. This last part of the verse is really important. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. That sounds pretty far and not easy. Like sometimes I get tired when I just walk three miles. (laughs) He's going to be walking for three days. So doing what God is calling you to do isn't always easy, but it's always worth it. What, What is God calling you to do right now? Is there something that you just know in your heart that you're supposed to do, but you're pulling a butt Jonah moment or like me in the park that day, a butt Trish moment. What, what is God calling you to do? Maybe he's asking you to get your finances in order and you know that he's asking you to do, I mean, you know, it's a good idea. You, you know, in your mind that that would be a good idea, but, but maybe you happen to just hear a sermon at church about finances and, and you're convicted and, and then you read Proverbs 22, seven 
it really tugs at your heart where it says that the borrower is slave to the lender. So maybe you just know I'm supposed to be getting out of debt. You have a choice. Are you going to have a but moment or a so moment? Are you going to just keep spending and money that you don't have? Are you going to just say, I deserve this and I'm going to get what I want when I want it? Will you just get deeper and deeper in debt? Or will you have a so moment? Will you cut up your credit cards, perhaps create a budget, maybe attend the Total Money Makeover with Dave Ramsey, which I highly recommend, by the way. Maybe learn about snowballing your debt through that and his envelope system. So what's, what's your response going to be? If, I'm just giving you examples. You, are you going to have a butt moment or a so moment? What about something even, let's go a little deeper. This might be a little more um, difficult. <laughs> Maybe God's asking you to forgive that person who hurt you. Are you going to have a, a butt reaction or a so reaction? Are you going to keep harboring resentment? Are you going to keep replaying it over and over in your mind what they did to you? Are you going to tell yourself, I'll forgive them when they tell me that they're sorry first? Or I'll only do it if they tell me that that they're sorry? Or will you have a so moment? Will you swallow your pride? Will you humble yourself? Will you put yourself maybe in their shoes and show a little empathy? Will you pray and ask to see them through his eyes and not through your own eyes? No, doing what God is calling you to do isn't always easy, but it's always worth it. We have to count the cost. I want to end here. This is a perfect segue. I want to end here with the irony of this story. The reason why Jonah fled from God in the first place, the reason why he didn't want to go to Nineveh and warn them that if they didn't change their ways, God was going to destroy them, is because he knew that he he would forgive them. He knew God would give them a second chance. And God did. And he got mad. He's mad at God because he gave them a second chance. In verse chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Please, Lord, this is why I fled to Tarshish, to forestall this. For I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Jonah knew that God was a God of second chances. And he didn't think that they deserved a second chance. And How did he know that God was a God of second chances? Because he experienced it himself. He realized in the end, he said it, salvation is from the Lord. And it's significant, by the way, that he spent three days and three nights in the belly of that fish. That parallels with Jesus' crucifixion, death, and resurrection. Jesus spent three days and three nights in the tomb. He was so, Jonah was so offended by the people of Nineveh and he didn't believe that they deserved God's forgiveness. So he, he didn't want to offer it on behalf of God. And, and basically then God puts Jonah in his place and says, well, well, who are you? (laughs) Who are you to be angry? Do you have any right to be angry? Because just as Jonah didn't deserve God's mercy, he wanted it. He wanted God's mercy and forgiveness. He begged for it and he received it. Yet he didn't want God to extend the same mercy to those sinners in Nineveh. Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. How offended was Jonah by the people in Nineveh? How offended are we by some of the things that we see on Facebook 
or the way that somebody treats us at work. But here's the most important question. How offended is God? How offended is God by my own sin, my own attitude, my own disobedience? And how offended is he when I get so offended by others? (laughs) That's all we see anymore, right? Just offense after offense after offense. And I just wonder, when will we stop getting so offended by other people and realize how much we are offending our God? So I have a practical tip for us. This is one of the most powerful, powerful prayers that I have ever prayed. It's in Psalm 139. It's, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. When we are more concerned about how we're offending our God than worrying about other people that are offending us, God moves. He works. He will answer that prayer. I'm telling you, sometimes I'm praying that prayer and before the words are even out of my mouth, he has shown me, okay, this is what you're doing that is offensive. Not just to other people, but offensive to him. See, I, when, we, when you realize what God has done for you, when you realize that the price that Jesus paid on the cross for you so that you could be forgiven, and, and you, there, there comes a point where you, you're so grateful for that, you just don't want to do anything to offend him. And so if we start with our own selves and ask God to search our own hearts, that's where that's where we begin. That's my tip for today. Start. We need to start with ourselves. Oh, God, search my heart and know me. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, we come before you now and we just thank you and praise you that you are the God of second chances. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus to die for us so that we could have a second chance, Lord, so that we don't have to spend our lives separated from you, Lord, but that you give us a a future with you eternally, eternal life with you in heaven, God. We thank you. And and I pray right now, Lord, for uh, any of us that um, you're giving us a second chance to do something. Lord, I pray that if it's uh, to forgive somebody or to ask for forgiveness, I pray that you would be preparing hearts, Lord, Give us the, the boldness to, to do what you're asking us to do, to take that first step in the, the vision or the dream that you've given us, uh, whatever it is, Lord. We just pray, God, that our hearts would be for you, that our hearts would be to listen, to hear your voice, and to do what you're asking us to do, not because, uh, not for any other reason, but just to please you, Lord. We just want to please you, Lord. Uh, that's our heart. God, I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you are enjoying these testimonies and teaching, please subscribe to the Chasing Scrolls podcast and like and share it with a friend. 